0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Grog Pod Roguelike Podcast, where each episode we try to open and we try to run a game and we try to play it and we try to have a good time, big or small, uh, and then we try to rank these games as best we can against all the other ones that we've done so far. Uh, I am your host of the Grog Pod Roguelike Podcast, Home Button, Shift-Tab, Shift-Tab, Escape, Numpad 1, Colin Scott Berger. And joining me in the evacuation shelter this week are my podcast co hosts Colin, ye
1: old medieval churl who've been time traveled to the future to fight
2: the zombies. And uh, <laughs> you go, we go, I go, me go. Andrew the Migo alien who has uh, invaded, um, I, I'm the interloper who has invaded this dimension that is the grog pod.
3: Oh, and this is Will, and I'm definitely a brainless zombie, just plain and simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> this week we are talking about our average day in downtown Seattle simulator cataclysm, <laughs> dark days ahead, release. There, I think look, almost every every point in this uh, in this intro segment that I have going here is going to have all sorts of weird tangents. Uh, this is a yeah. So here for it. This, this game was released originally on, let's say, GitHub, January 2nd, 2013, uh, and recently on Steam, March 31st, 2023. Uh, as stated, you can find this on PC from the Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead website, where the quote-unquote main free version is that I, I think redirect you to kind of all the different different downloads they have, where I think there's maybe a different release of this game, like twice a day or something uh and then you can find it on steam for the low low cost of 20 dollars to throw some money towards the main developers away um or if you were some infected by some kind of zombie brain-eating disease uh you could also find this on android uh for the low low cost of free where you can find three different versions of this game you can find the i believe the standard branch cataclysm dark days ahead there's a cataclysm dark days ahead that has in parentheses an x next to it which i think is the experimental branch i asked on the on the cdda discord what it was and no one knew what it was <laughs> uh and then you have uh cataclysm dark days ahead by michael davies it i think is the uh the author or publisher or something for that specific one again no one actually knows what that thing is uh i don't think that one's actually supported anymore but yeah, yeah well, we'll get there but you you can find a whole bunch of different versions of this game uh this game was developed by clear raven which is not one person but many people uh this game was published on steam by a fellow that goes by the username of Corgent, uh who is curtis merrill from jeffersonville indiana and an accomplished italian opera singer if you find his youtube videos very talented I uh, can only sing his praises in terms of uh, uh, of all the stuff that he does. But um, there's an interest. So I'll, I'll tangent here. There's there's a lot of devs for this game. Uh, we did a couple, a few developer interviews some time ago. I'm not, I won't take up the whole show with this, but we'll put it in the show notes with uh, two interview interviews that we did with uh, some other previous developers of this ecosystem, if you will, and one uh, interview that we did with. Corgent himself to get some perspective on the latest steam release and things like that. I think there was a little bit of controversy when when that came out. We talk about it more, but I think when if you go into the show notes you find that link, you can find more info about uh, about his perspective on it. Cataclysm rolls in on our steam data set as the 1073rd 1, 1, most popular roguelike out of something like 6000 uh with Roughly, let's say 199, somewhere around 200 total reviews. Um, the Google Play Store version of this game is a 4.3 out of 5 with 50,000 plus downloads for comparison. I guess maybe not super surprising if it's free. Um, but yeah, the, I guess our, our best comparison thus far has been Shattered Pixel Dungeon, which has about 120,000 plus downloads. So um, Colin... What is the series of menu systems that's going to help us find the one-sentence description of what Cataclysm and Dark Days <laughs> Ahead is? Uh,
1: It's going to be numpad222, two, 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 uh, g, uh, left parentheses, and then ampersand. Uh, which is down, 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 g for get or grab. And then you disassemble the thing and then you can craft it into a extra small left bark uh, birch bark glove uh so that it can fit your weird medieval hand uh because I I, I sorry so I played the, the uh I, I randomly found one of the like things I was like I'm gonna play as the medieval churl who got time traveled to the, the future and I so I was playing as a person who was illiterate but had like a weird sword. <laughs> uh but yeah uh so this is a survival crafting roguelike with just an exhaustive series of of menus and hotkeys to to do things
0: and uh yeah you can make it all every single thing i think i'm gonna put a, a content or trigger warning for cataclysm fans uh if you've if you've gotten this far into the podcast uh there's there's i don't, for me at least this is not going to be uh an objectively fun podcast for you to listen to uh, <laughs> uh in the immortal words of Lena Haiti uh this will not be over quickly and you will not enjoy this from my perspective uh but yeah i think like we we often say on this show all devs go to heaven and That's in this true. case This is gonna be the most devs go to heaven episode possible because as as I kind of stated before, this is an open source game uh, with many contributors and many developers throughout the years. Uh, We have pulling from the GitHub stats and I'll I'll compare these with a Shattered Pixel Dungeon, which is another open source game that we've talked about. Uh, Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead on GitHub has 106,000 total commits or you can think of those as, like, uh, software patches, compared to 7,000 with Shattered Pixel Dungeon. Uh, We have... uh, Cataclysm has 3.8 thousand total forks, or versions of the game, you can think of, compared to 859 with Shattered Pixel Dungeon. Cataclysm has 5,000-plus releases, compared to 45 for Shattered Pixel Dungeon. Cataclysm has 1,000... 880 total contributors compared to two for shattered pixel dungeon uh so yeah i think this this kind of underlines for me the game being um how do i put this being rich with
3: contents and
0: uh oh yeah yeah uh there's a lot of stuff in this game
3: You were saying, though,
0: sorry, I rudely interrupted you. Well, yeah, okay, so uh, I think this this game feels very designed by committee for me. Maybe not even designed by committee, but, like, designed by uh, anarchy, almost. Uh, I don't know that this game really has, like, focus or direction to it. Uh, And I feel like I'm jumping, like, way ahead into rankings already, but maybe we should start Where's my uh? Where's my Google? I gotta, I gotta use my Google Docs to focus here. Focus, well, focus.
2: The, the topic of how uh, some of the pod enjoys or really appreciates when like a game is a solo dev effort, like that that factors into the ranking for some of us, me included, and also the price of the game sometimes factors heavily into the the, the game. So th- we're uh, into the game's ranking. So this is it puts us in a bit of a conundrum. We've got eleven hundred developers. But the game is also free
0: slash twenty
2: dollars, <laughs> so I don't know. It's like that. That is blowing my mind. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> yeah. Because on the one hand, it should be <laughs> like the greatest game ever, or the worst game ever. I, I don't know. Right. Um, so, so part well, of the eleven 1, hundred. Wow. I think, okay. I think that we know uh, how many I... of those people are actively working on the like um, cultivation of this game.
0: Any idea? I would say somewhere in the range between like thirty and. 50 okay that's with like lot. you know a very kind of like long tailed thing where there's maybe like five or six people who who do it regularly sure. um and then uh yeah, then you have like a very long tail of people who are like, you know what this game needs left-handed guns. I'm gonna code in some left-handed guns that you can only use with your left hand into this game. Bam, I've contributed it. I'm done technically like listed as a developer on GitHub, but that's my contribution. peace out see ya.
2: Right, sure, gotcha. <clears throat> is,
3: there, is there some individual or like small group of individuals that is actually approving the pull requests?
0: That is I believe is done in? by the, who did I say it was, Clear Raven uh, Consortium, which I believe is uh, Kevin Garand. And I think like one other guy, I had this in the Google Doc and then I stupidly deleted it later. But again, this is all kind of, we'll put it in the show notes. It's part of the um, the interviews that we did. Uh, but yeah, there's there's like a few people who kind of approve the the uh, pull requests in in GitHub. So I guess like there's some level of like editorial discretion going on there. Question mark? Uh,
3: <laughs> you can reject. I mean, you can reject or or request more effort or like you know say it doesn't pass tests. And
0: I think, and again, I I might be kind of like overstepping my bounds here as as an expert on the subject, but I believe that the repo owners are like trying to deliberately create a a very open dev environment and if it's like hey you know if you want to like fork this code and make something that's more to your style by all means but we're like the clear raven consortium is going to not blanket approve everything but have a very loose level of moderation i think for stuff that goes in so i don't you know i don't think there's going to be like that much questionable content going in but hey you want uh, a porsche 911 turbo in the game bam there you go it's it's coded approved rubber stamp um
3: but that's not on the main fork though right like that's that's how i imagine this like when i when you download the game and you play it on your your computer you're getting like the the main version of it which doesn't include all the crazy
0: nonsense that's off on all these i think that is the main version is that how that works? Okay. because I, I, so. I figured that like there's just like a whole bunch of, you know, if someone wants that Porsche, they're just doing the forked version, but so there's an a a kind of a schism going on with cataclysm. There's a fork Schism in Cataclysm? Okay, sorry. There's a there's <laughs> oh, a cata Yeah, cataclysm <laughs> <laughs> whole well played. Uh where uh, I'll I'll drop a I'll drop a line here for cataclysm bright nights versus dark days. And Cataclysm: Bright Nights, I believe, is a fork of CDDA that's supposed to be more more streamlined, less of less simulationist uh, insanity, more kind of focused. There's an actual end, like end state to the game. Like you can trigger an end of the game in Bright Nights. Uh, there are things like. Um, no CBMs locked behind Exodi faction. No removed pneumatic or sci-fi weapons or items which existed in the game originally. Uh no exodia faction, period. No effects on conditions, JSON or brand new vitamins based mutation system. Uh so those kinds of things, right? Uh <laughs> the yeah. Um where do we even begin with this? Uh this is a game about zombie survival probably me personally my least favorite genre possible so when will will Conn and the gang are like hey there's a new open access early early access zombie open world survival game i'm just like open
1: world survival crafting zombie game
0: i mean classic
3: i I mean seven days to die is one of the greatest games of all time and the forest which is a good game sons of the forest but it's weird weird
0: survival crafting these
3: are good genres scott's wrong on this objectively i
0: mean (laughs) it's it's okay to like a game even if you are suffering from a a, a brain amoeba uh so i thought like Um, you know open world survival zombie crafting this has got will and colin written all over it me not so much this is kind of stacking the deck a little um but in this game our story begins where it's not just one apocalypse It's all your favorite apocalypses rolled into one. You got plagues, you got zombies, you got interdimensional demon invasions, you got spore-like creatures, you name it. Uh, Your character has awoken uh, in New England somewhere, uh, procedurally generated town names, but somewhere in the USA, uh, in the present day-ish 20XD6 timeframe, in an alternate reality uh, where bionics, I guess, are common depending on the fork that you're playing. Uh, and your story begins about five days after the event called the Cataclysm, uh, where you are involved in the changing of the mundane, routine world of civilization, and you have to learn how to survive. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. You are kicked out the door into <laughs> uh, a series of Unix terminal menus uh, with character creation and world world gen setup. And, and all that fun stuff. Uh, I know I know for a fact that Colin and Will, you guys have both played Dwarf Fortress to varying mm-hmm. extents. Andrew, what's your experience with Dwarf Fortress?
2: Oh, I have always admired Dwarf Fortress and <laughs> I intended to play it at some point, but I have uh, watched it from afar and, you know, enjoyed reading green text stories and Reddit threads of tales of high adventure and dwarf for- forestry right? It's about forestry? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, uh, but so I'm aware of it, but I've never actually played it. Uh, But yeah, definitely when I uh, sat down to play Cataclysm, uh, the first similar game that came to mind was Dwarf Fortress.
0: Yeah,
1: this reminds me of the pre-Steam version of Dwarf Fortress, which I tried and failed to play multiple times. And yeah, uh, menus where You go into the menu and, oh, my cursor is on the left column. I would like to go to the right. Which arrow key should I click? Oh, of course it's left so that you go to the right. That seems like Mm -hmm. Scott and I were talking about that uh, when he was streaming his his little game for us. And it's like, oh, yeah, like just memorize all the hotkeys. That's how I feel like that's the way that you need to learn how to play this game watch YouTube videos that are out of date uh memorize <laughs> the hotkeys uh figure out which which things that they tell you are no longer current um and then run around and get eaten by a dragonfly
2: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe this is a place to start uh because you can't really just you can't jump in and just start playing this game casually um <laughs> uh how so maybe this is a place to start. How many hours of tutorial videos did each of us watch? I mm. watched approximately, I don't know, somewhere between 90 minutes and like two hours, I think. Approximately. I would maybe say least... my
1: ratio of playing to watching tutorial videos is one-to-one. And I played like five hours. Wow. <laughs> okay, so you're your master. Wa- I mean, maybe they weren't uh, all they weren't all tutorial videos. I watched some like... Role play e-videos because that's right, how gotcha. I shout out to the, uh, Worm Girl. Sure, yeah. Like there are a couple a couple of them that uh I ended up watching. Uh, but like that's how I interacted with Dwarf Fortress for a very long time was through like Krug Smash or uh the you know, yes, the green text stories. So like I'm familiar with the concept of games that I don't actually like playing, but enjoy watching the creative content that comes out of them. And so after I bounced off this game the first time, I was like, okay, I wanna like, watch someone play this in a way that I enjoy as a way to like prime the pump to make me want to play it. Because I want to see how I could have fun, because it doesn't show you how you could have fun you have to ju- you have to trust on blind faith that you might get enjoyment out of it eventually it's it is a oh, it is not a learning curve it is a learning wall
0: well well put well put so I mean, that was i guess like i'm i'm interested about how how learning this game now compares to how you have learned to have fun with dwarf fortress in the past because Colin, you've put you've put some a good chunk of hours into the into the Steam Dwarf Fortress release.
1: I put a good chunk of hours into the, the pre-steam version. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean I didn't
0: get anywhere. Right. But, but... did but it did, did this because this is like a brand new experience. Uh did this feel easier or harder than your dwarf fortress experience from in, in the past?
1: Um Probably easier. Uh like it has like at least the, the things in it it's still like you are a character doing things. So like okay, I don't know what the buttons are. I have to like scroll through, but eventually you find something. Oh, you click S to smash, you click W to wear or W uh
0: you Apple know, W, capital obviously W
1: to, to wield or whatever. <laughs> it's like okay. Like there's not the like deep intellectual challenge of trying to figure out like what zones are and how to do militias in Dwarf Fortress, which are like, these are not naturally intuitive things. Um, Like the management system of Dwarf Fortress is like, this is requires you to like understand like what's going on in the game versus uh, this game. You can just like kind of run around and smash things and you can just play it as that, uh, you don't even really need to craft so you just grab stuff put it on and go run around and get killed by a zombie so like the the barrier to like your first death is slightly lower um but still difficult mm-hmm. like you just it, it's it's a lot of time looking at that help menu just being like i don't know what to button to push i want i wanted i desperately wanted to be able to right click on things <laughs> to be like tell me all of the things that i can do in this square because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise i'm just like randomly clicking buttons eventually one of them will like smash a window or something
3: yeah think- no that's that's that, that all sounds about right i mean that was my experience too like the first i, I went in blind and i'm just like all right here we go. New game. All right. I haven't actually ever enjoyed a rogue like game as I describe, which is actually to say one turn. Everything moves when you move that. that, That's how I'm going to describe it. Um, And uh, I was like, I'm ready to really get into one. This looks like Dwarf Fortress. All right. Oh, man, these menus. Just like you're saying, um, I knew right away that I just like after the first playthrough getting eaten by a zombie after kicking a dog or something like that. I just <laughs> I just am not going to uh I am not gonna invest the time to like find out if this is fun by myself. I need to see I watch someone else see is there fun in it. And so I switch over to like watching some videos and yeah, it's a it's a lot of I mean I, I get the you know beard scratching like, oh okay, like there's a bunch of zombies here and here, and you're on a roof and you're like can I get through them in order to get out of the city is like where 90% of the time of like, all oh, these people are doing and then, and then they get out and then suddenly, Oh no, a, a, a Yumi appears on screen. It's this is giant cat. It's like <laughs> much faster than you. And it's just like, Oh, I lost mm-hmm. right there because he entered my screen and he saw me and I have absolutely no way of escaping him and I have no way of fighting it. That's just the end of the game. And so it's like, it's a, it's a hard punishing game where it's just like, all right, you just keep doing that over and over again. But like the time it takes to do that is intense because you start the game and you have to rummage through the house and when you're like wherever you're starting and you're just like going through the menu, slowly getting some like anti-ro microbials and all these little tiny things. And then you finally try and get out and then you have like a 95% chance of dying before anything interesting happens. And um that... And, and maybe maybe it's not quite that bad when you get to the expert expert level where you're like, oh, yeah, I can just fucking parkour off this door and just backflip up here. And then I can j- safely step down here and like punch the zombie in the face. Easy. I, I never got to that level. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think the reason I'm not going to get a, a super low rating here, which I already know, like what you're you're thinking uh, is because. If I did master all of these things, I can see the fun in the premise of this game. I can see how the, the intense depth of it could be really entertaining if you were just a master of the, the, the menus and you got everything immediately and all the decisions, all the time that you were spending was making crucial gameplay decisions that seem interesting as opposed to trying to find the thing that describes what a thing is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. kind of how I feel about that. I game.
1: spent a lot of time like. Like, the core simulation behind it seems like I could have fun doing that. I think, Will, you're in the same boat as me. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, this, like, we're both very into simulation y type games, and this is a deep, deep simulation. It is, yeah. I mean, you got, you got like the arch of your foot, the toes of your feet, like, every little part of your foot is modeled your hand, your your, your lips. Like, you can, you can go in exquisite depth here, but then also you have to go into exquisite depth. And so, like, I'm like, oh, I want to, I'm this medieval churl. I want to, like, get rid of my cloth loin, or my loincloth rag thing and wear, like, uh, cargo pants. And, like, the, I had I, I found myself in a house, I had killed the zombies in the house, and I had all of the stuff that should have been necessary to, like, make clothes. And the effort that it took to figure out how to tear down the curtains and make it into long strings and then make those long strings into short strings and make those short strings into threads and then get the the leather things so that you could make the cargo pants and then get the the sticks so that, oh, you got to drag the stick because you can't carry the stick because you don't have enough pockets and, like, (laughs) just... Like and trying to figure out what you're close to being able to build, or what you should be trying to do. But like, I would just open up my crafting menu every once in a while and be like, "Oh, cool, there's new things I can build." I guess like, I oh, I want to do this. Like, how do I make thread? Like, I had to go. I had to go ask Chat GPT how to make <laughs> thread in CDDA because the internet wasn't good enough. I'm like, I need to make. I mean, actually thread's not that hard, but like, it's just like, I don't want to have to look up on, like leave the game to look up every single crafting item to figure out how to like, what is an all, how do I make a, what's a staff and distal so I can make yarn. Mm
3: -hmm. They need the chat GPT plugin for the game. And then you're just in the game and you could just query it right there.
0: That's actually not the the worst idea that I've heard for this game. I mean, it's open source. (laughs) Why not?
3: Like... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah just like literally have it there be like i would like to make cargo pants what do i need
3: oh it, now that um with the new iteration that it can like it can understand images i wonder if you're able yeah. to say hey based on this screenshot right here what do you think i should do and like get some like i don't know is it is yeah it honestly that like and, oh that'd and, be like, cool
1: chat gpt is like or cataclysm is a it's not a simple game but it's it's got input that you could put into an AI more easily than many other games. It's text based. It's uh, it's, you know, sprite and pixel and tile based. You could absolutely have that fed into uh, an AI and it would just like directly understand what you're looking at.
2: I think there's there's a lot of menus and a lot of depth and you're learning all these controls and I have kind of maybe a potentially rude question. I I will admit that, um, you know, this isn't really my sort of survival game i'm more of a like don't starve type survival game player um so maybe i'm not the target audience uh and i commend every one of the 1100 cataclysm survivors (laughs) that have contributed to this game but hey uh there's over a thousand releases on github and not a one of them is fun as much as I can <laughs> tell, uh, you're learning all of these, you're memorizing all these controls, and there's all this incredible depth. And I just, I don't know, I kept asking myself, and I will ask all of you, like, to what end? Because master the elements to survive
3: come to fortify against the uh, the what's Boring. bad and to build up your stockpile so you can weather the storm and the big things that are coming for you hey, hey, to want hey, to capture Hang on. Hang on the enemy
1: and make that it your slave sounds
2: very exciting i don't know if the game conveys any of that sense of accomplishment you got to uh, go and so okay i'll i'll give you the
1: actual like the one moment that i had that i felt like i had true fun um which was in the first churl that I played that died, uh, I was, like, sleeping in some, like, patch of woods, eat, drinking out of a puddle, and something snuck up on me, and it was a dog. And then I followed the dog uh, back to the, to the farmhouse where there were... Uh, I was ambushed by zombie cows, and I had a desperate flight into the house trying to, like... uh kill a cow with my dagger sword thing like get it stuck in the window and like stabbing it as it's trying to get through and then trying to like retreat further into house like let my bleed my wounds and like wait and hope that i can like hide and that another cow came in and i'm like desperately backed into a corner <laughs> trying to stab this cow and i killed it but then i heard the third cow and i'm like <laughs> i gotta run I'm like maybe i can make a break for it and so i smashed through the window and tried to run i was like oh, i jumped over the fence i was like yes i've escaped and then it just smashed through the fence and came and just kicked me down and hoofed me to death and <laughs> i was like capitalism. that felt like a real zombie thriller moment
2: um, um yeah now see i got excited for a moment because i thought what i thought you were saying is that your weapon got stuck in the window but no, it was like you were trying to get the enemy stuck in the window. Is that am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I see. Well, that's stuck, <laughs> interesting. It, you
1: know, if yeah, I'm right? Sorry, you were trying it, to where was... their
2: numbers will count for nothing, where the cows' numbers will count for nothing. <laughs> I remember yeah. that scene in Three Hundred. Yeah, um, I don't. I just I feel like all of the activities available in this game and all the quote exciting stories of people playing this game it feels like activities and experiences that I've had more successfully in other games and that are, that are available. So maybe I'm just
0: not the target audience. I don't Um, think, I don't think you're wrong. I think that the developers, I was listening to a, a ye old episode of another roguelike podcast that uh, I'll be one of those people to shill for other programs. Uh, Roguelike radio did an an episode with uh, a, the developers years and years ago and they were talking specifically about like, Hey, you know, like we can, we can kind of go one of two ways with development for this. We can either do like really deep simulationist type stuff, a la Dwarf Fortress, or we could do a more kind of like streamlined, like focused on like a specific story sort of thing. And I believe that they opted specifically for the simulationist aspect in order to like, Allow like there was I think at the time, the biggest debate in the cataclysm world was like what do you call the containers that you put milk in between like either either like jug? yeah, like or, is it a jug or is it the other kind of name for a jug? I'm just like, oh my God, this is just it's <laughs> it's just a bunch of like programmers with no supervision let loose on the internet and like throwing as much stuff into a game as they possibly can which is fine i feel like there's there's interesting stuff here that's overlooked as a result though uh like as i was typing out these notes i'm like wait a minute there's a lot of like parallels between ideas here with like half-life post-apocalypse zombie or like different types of like um alien monster invasions trying to survive in the open world and i kept thinking like Man, there would be like a really good idea for like a half-life style rogue rogue style survival game here where it's after it's after the Black Mesa incident, the monsters are like zapping in everywhere, and you have to survive and find a uh Breen's Breen's compound to survive in. Uh Cataclysm has a bunch of different factions. It has maybe like seven. Seven different human factions, one of which is the Tacoma Commune, just down the I-5 from here. Wow. Uh, we have uh, the X- XE-037, the Blob. The I think this is supposed to be the, the main antagonist to all factions. This is the thing that's the cataclysm. This is the thing that's invading the Earth. The thing and that's the, animating all the zombies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have fungal intelligence. You have uh, plant monsters. You have super monsters of some other ilk. Uh, things that like are, I guess, reminiscent of the Combine from Half Life? Question mark. Uh, you have post-human cyborg travelers from other cataclysm affected dimensions. You have autonomous locust-like robots with incomprehensible inner workings, and you have a human-created military artificial intelligence network named Balthazar. Uh, that I think you can load a nuke into and nuke nuke your your uh, created game instance. All interesting stuff that you would never know existed if you didn't get pummeled by a child-sized dragonfly five minutes into trying to get to the evac or the refugee shelter, uh, as we experienced in our stream last night. Um, there's think... magic in this game, too. Like, there's actual mm-hmm. magic systems. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy nonsense. But, like, I feel like like none of which really, like, is focused on, because there's just so much other stuff happening. Um, one of which is like, is car driving. I think that's like one of the, uh, it seems like one of the biggest
2: draws, like the most popular activity is building your strange uh, grid, like race for the galaxy style um, car and then driving it around. And the way that like, when you're driving at an angle and it like segments mm-hmm. all the pieces out into this like super pixelated thing is very endearing and, and entertaining. Um. Yeah, that's uh, the, the the I right. Like it seems like every time I watch a lot of the videos and things that I've seen have been yeah. about the 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 Mad Max isms about it. And I do want to mention because I've been you know pretty negative so far. The actual uh like flavor and story of the type of cataclysm and the type of invaders, alien invaders, is probably one of the most more one of the better parts of the game i think it's like kind of it's it's pretty interesting and engaging and i was you know reading through some of the wiki and everything it's not just a generic zombie invasion like there's a little more going on um in my experience of the game uh that interesting stuff was not really portrayed very interestingly in the mechanics (laughs) or in the gameplay unfortunately but maybe i just didn't get far enough um Real briefly, I had a, an experience with a vehicle in that I managed to find a car near the, uh, evacuation, um, shelter and, um, I popped in it, and I did not quite fully understand the controls. I mean, basically, I drove it through the wall of the evacuation center <laughs> and made it much no longer a very good uh, place to uh, to hold up, uh, so I felt a little bit bad about that, uh, a bit bad to leave the NPC high and dry like that, um, But uh, and then I drove away. and drove into another building, and then I finally figured out how to get out of the car and figured let's that's that's just I'll leave it at that.
1: That's about enough driving for me.
2: That's right. That's right. I didn't even get to a car.
3: So uh, congratulations on getting that thank you, thank, you, thank you. I got into a car and
1: then I looked around at the car and I tried to figure out how to make it work and my guy is this was not my churl. My churl is uh uh philosophically opposed to cars <laughs> which gave me eight extra points to spend or something like that like a lot.
2: Uh, And that, hey, that brings us to what I think is another pro of this game is the different character traits and features and the level of detail. This is a level of detail where I'm like, oh, okay, this is neat. This does work for me as opposed to what I was talking about earlier, which is, yeah, when you fire up a game like the character creator is very in-depth and pretty interesting and like, if you randomly roll a character, uh, that was kind of a highlight of each playthrough. Yeah. It's like starting it off and then like opening up the character screen, which can be accessed conveniently with a shift two and looking at my pros and my cons and, and everything. Like I've, after a bunch of tutorial watching, I felt like, all right, at one point I felt like, okay, I think I'm ready to embark on a semi-serious run here. And I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna do. The first thing I'm gonna do is in the evacuation center, I'm gonna talk to the NPC, I'm gonna see if they have any activities, any, any tasks for me to do. And so I fired it up, random character walked over to the NPC, and then I was greeted in the dialogue options with, uh, sorry, you are actually deaf. Um, so you're <laughs> not gonna be able to converse with this NPC. I was like, okay, interesting. Um, but uh, what I lacked in the ability to hear, I made up for in firepower. Uh, I started off with a nice little arsenal, so that was convenient. Um, but yeah, I like. I, I think it's pretty cool that there's like so many different options and, and so much granularity to the character
0: creation. Would this game be better as a tabletop RPG?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I would
2: like to encourage all the cataheads out there, the Cataclysm players. That I, I think they would really like. Some tabletop RPG playing. I think I think you could get perhaps a more fulfilling and interesting uh, experience out of out of a TTRPG um, with a good, you know, GM. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There are also car combat games that exist. (laughs) That's also uh, an option. Um, That's just the sense I get, but um, I don't know. There's not as many menus. I I I think some some people steal.
1: Your question, Scott. But yeah, okay, yes, I see. I see now where after Andrew, I think yeah, human human brain makes simulation,
2: not computer game makes simulation. I right. If you it. had a character sheet that was like as large and as in depth, like like a direct one to one conversion to a tabletop game, no, <laughs> probably not. But like uh, this sort of setting and concept in a TTRPG environment, I think would be would it would be good
0: in my yeah. opinion what do you
2: think scott of your own question
0: i mean like my my note in the google doc here is that like when traditional rogue rogue style games like this and we'll see how caves of cud shapes out in over the next few months uh but when games like this get overly complicated to a point they kind of like oroboros back onto themselves of becoming like a a pen and paper RPG from which they originally like sprung forth from the head of the OG Rogue to try to solve right so i think the development history is like back in the 1980s they developed Rogue as like a way of like well i don't have any friends but i like playing oh. D&D so we'll we'll make this thing that kind of splits the difference a little bit with the tech they had at the time and now it's just gotten like kind of like full circle moment back to like there's so much stuff in here just print it out on paper and you might have a better time, I I feel like. Um, so what was it? Like a few days ago, I had uh, a very generous tutor from the roguelikes Discord, the Sneck, uh, who who walked me through like all the all the different stuff. Like, hey, you should pick a cybernetic gangster because they have like a Mega Man style like arm blaster on them. Great, perfect idea. You should uh start with the scenario here. It's the easiest. Got it. Ah, uh, you should go th- navigate through these menus. Okay, perfect. He like this was a very like like gentle gamifying of this game system, where I was like, I and I have experience with Dwarf Fortress. Like, I'm I'm not no uh no newbie to like yeah, new we are all smart. Yeah, come on, you're not here. scared of a little, you're not afraid of a little ASCII UI. Like, <laughs> but like when and I will say like the menu systems here ah uh, are many and they are verbose. I will say that they are probably better than the OG door Fortress. Yes. Um, But that's not saying much. Uh, And like, there's just, this is like a game, you need a a wiki up on one monitor, you need the main game on another monitor, and then you need a coach in the room to tell you what to do in order to find where the fun is. This is all just a UI
3: issue though, right? What you're describing is not a over well, in my opinion i mean i still i, I agree with it pretty much everyone here is saying it's not fun games as it is <laughs> as it is right but like the concept of it and the idea of the deep simulation i don't think is one that you can disparage so easily because what you're describing is just like oh i don't get it because the ui is so clunky and i i want to know how to do something but i have no easy way of doing that mm-hmm. again like if if we go back to the cog mine discussion like the the big outcome for me out of that was like just make this look like into the breach and give me like better like UI and suddenly this game goes from total dog shit sorry but to like <laughs> something that I really love I and think... in this in a similar fashion to this game it's like if yeah. you just had a UI and maybe maybe it's not a like a top down sort of like like I know that's how this is like designed right now but like it's I know Colin you and game. I have talked about like these really deep simulation like what's the yeah. what's the fantasy game we have it's a deep simulation where it's like a 3d thing where everything's procedurally generated and it's um uh 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 you too you know uh, yeah version of Ken- Kenji- I mean like that does have like there is a very specific like an important uh 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 management of the landscape everything's custom made and I think they do that very well it's not actually Kenshi's actually very much not in the realm of procedurally generated but it's more it's more emergent
0: than procedural but
3: right yeah yeah Yeah, the the emergent battles and that
0: stuff that's all that's all very great but I think
3: I think it's possible the procedural is possible but only if it's done right and I just don't think we've seen it done right I think yeah, this is a good yeah.
2: point, Will. If uh, you know, if we just if this game just had mouse controls and you could right click yeah, and uh, have honestly, all those options as you were saying, Colin, like until so I, you learn the hotkeys. It, the difference it- between the kit fox
1: Steam dwarf fortress version and the OG dwarf fortress is substantial. Like I did not end up playing, like I, I didn't end up being like, oh, the new dwarf fortress is my favorite game, but I did play it. I put a bunch of hours into it. And being able to like right-click on things. And having, like, a good menu system made a world of difference in terms of being able to figure out what was going on. Like, I... Yeah, I was like, oh, which button do you push? It's just, like, it gets tiring to have to look it up again,
0: and... Yeah, I like... Because you're learning, like, you're learning almost a programming language for the game instead of learning, like... I, I know how to play video games. Like, just let me play the damn video game, right? I don't yeah. need to learn C++ I, in order to have fun here. Maybe that's I why there's like... so many contributors because uh, they're like, oh <laughs> yeah,
2: coding is more fun yeah. than playing yeah, this maybe. game that we're working on. <laughs> so my, I, I guess
1: for, for a roguelike podcast, we have not played very many true old school roguelike games. So I, I am curious how much of this is us being like, when I tried to teach Little my mom how to roots. play Portal, and she's like, I don't know how to walk.
0: I don't think this is a roguelike game.
1: No, but like, the G forget or, like, all of the different uh, hotkey shortcuts, like, how uh-huh. much of those are in the old school roguelike games? I don't, I don't really know. We have ironically, not that many of them.
0: Ironically, I think those older games are probably way simpler, because they are just,
1: simpler, but yeah. I wonder if this is just an expansion of that, where it's like, half of the like oh, you click at to see your character. it's like, well, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to us, but it's like at is the symbol for your character in roguelike sure. games. Yeah, so, like that's a, it's it's like it, it's the it, equivalent of saying like uh click click I for inventory it's like, yeah, you can you click at for yourself because that's you. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of it is us not understanding the like old school design language of roguelike games.
0: Well, like I me? think like there's there's UI, there's UX and accessibility, right? Yeah, and coming like coming to Cogmine's defense here, uh, like Cogmine's like art artistic style is very traditional roguelikey, tile based graphics. I mean, credit totally. to to cataclysm yeah. here. you can zoom in and out of the game. can't do that yeah. in Cogmine. Kind of a kind of a plus in great Cataclysm's quality game. of life
2: thing that should be in all of these tile based games yeah exactly assuming, um
0: good job but yeah like cogmind you can play almost entirely just with the mouse new dwarf Fortress you can do that uh kit Fox has been yeah like they did like that that huge uh polishing pass on dwarf like just the fact that you can play Dwarf Fortress on the Steam deck now is like landing on the moon level of huh. human accomplishment i think so and kit fox now is like is turning their their focus onto caves of cud for right. a similar kind of polishing pass which like you know standing ovation debt like i mean cud probably playable before it but for me i think definitely deserves that kind of uh, accessibility overhaul on it I could see if Kitfox took an overhaul pass on Cataclysm, forked it to, like, the Kitfox version, where, hey, we're going to put in an end goal. We're going to put in, like, some more uh, less aggressively anti-user pattern uh, menu navigation. An we're going to make
1: it so... A, 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 scenario, a scenario that's a
0: tutorial. Well, yeah, I mean, like, there there is the quote-unquote tutorial in here, but I, I almost felt... I almost left the tutorial more confused than when I started, uh, <laughs> which I did not. I did not demo for our stream because I don't know if it would have been that helpful. To be honest, uh, yeah. I mean, just go watch YouTube videos instead. But... Yeah, but like, there's there's interesting stuff I think in this game that's really locked behind its aggressive uh, and like borderline proud uh, ob- obtuseness, where like you watch, you watch like the content creators on YouTube and they're having a good time. They're generating all these interesting and cool stories out of it. You're like, great. I would like to engage and like make those also cool stories without getting beaten to death by an emu 10 turns in. Uh But it's just every time I fired up the game, it was just, I felt the energy draining out of my brain of just like, I'm programming all day long. The last thing I want to do is jump into more obtuse menus. And again, god help uh or you know thank you the snack from the (laughs) discord who unsurprisingly is an assembly programmer so you can definitely see that this game would be catnip for for that person uh but yeah like this there's interesting stuff here that you just need like a flood of ux and accessibility programmers to jump into that github and start throwing those pull requests in there is it just one hundred percent software engineers that play this game? It yes, has to. That's be. why it is what it is. <laughs> I can't imagine any people with like an art degree would jump into this game. Well,
2: <sighs> I, I mean, there are yeah. tile
0: makers, so there are. <laughs> yeah, some, but, like, and again, uh, this game comes accomplished artists. This game comes prepackaged with tiles, which again, standing ovation, a, a sort of rarity to see for traditional like yeah, big, great. big-pillared rogue-style games.
3: I mean, if you like, if you like the Maxis The Sims, you should like this, right? It's the same sort of game. I think that's, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's not I at mean... all. That's, there's no overlap there. I think <laughs> if you were a programmer at the game, at the studio that makes The Sims and you're like, oh boy, I love programming simulations, then you're probably so, firing this on your laptop on the bus ride home. So I think Sims
2: is actually,
1: uh, not, not The Sims, uh, City is an interesting comparison to a game like this, because they are both very much simulation games. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes in SimCity, but you don't really have a way of affecting them. So you don't have to deal with it as much. I feel like this game has an overwhelming amount of systems that you must engage with immediately. I Like, I made wooden clogs for my feet so I could get rid of my rags. And it's like, ah, now your feet are chafing. It's like, now you must make socks so that your feet don't, Your your arch of your foot is chafing. I'm like, ah, like, I like that. It is simulating all of you, but like even like something like Dwarf Fortress, where it's like, oh, you know, it's simulating all, when you, when your dwarves get in combat, It's like the right uh, fat abdominal fat has been bruised. It's like mm-hmm. cool, great. I don't actually need to 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 know about that. I'm just I love that it's doing it in the background. And it's fun to like read it in the stories, but you don't yeah. actually need to be like, ah, I better make a uh, right abdominal fat protector armor. You're not the uh, one
0: managing that level
1: of complexity. Exactly. Exactly. So in like SimCity, city, you there's like, oh, it's calculating all the like figuring out where all the people are going and whatnot. But you don't really have a way of controlling that granularity. You're dealing with things on a more macro level. Um I don't want to deal with the 10 different kinds of flour that you can make. I want it to be like, cool, you got you got like here's some things you can make a sandwich.
3: Um it's just food if, source one food source two yeah and maybe the like, special food source three
1: and, and maybe if you like want to engage on a deeper level you if you to like eke out that extra five or ten percent you're like ah yeah you know you get your macronutrients perfect and it makes you a little bit better cool great but you don't need to do that immediately to survive at all you know like I was of, like uh, a- oh yeah yeah. You're like, you're in a kitchen. There's like, there's definitely food around here, but like, I don't, oh, I don't know how to like, make this sandwich. It's like, I don't know. Just put the things together and eat it.
0: Well, your sandwich making skill was zero. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. You so you can level
1: sit up five. Yeah
3: like the civ is another simulation right and like the city management is the same way like you don't have to open up your city and like control where all of your like uh your population like goes to like control exactly how much production's happening um you can just like let the city run and then it's going to produce normal amounts or you can go in there and micromanage all that stuff but it had a very good UI for that and so like if you want to ignore it it does its thing naturally and if you want to go there and like be really uh particular about it you can and i think that that's that's an example of a really great implementation of this and I think I don't know how that would I mean I'm I'm trying to imagine like how that would work in this game I mean the only only way I really think it works is if like yeah foods have like like there's just a slider of like not difficulty but complexity and so like foods are just like they they go from like the most complex different sorts of flowers and ingredients and like you turn the scale to the most idiot like where it's something good for me anyways and it would be like it is just like this makes this makes food bar go up and like, and then you don't have to worry about all the like, the, oh my salt management and my, you know, got what's my cholesterol levels right now? Oh my god, my LDLs. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you could do something where it's like, uh, there's a recipe that's just like food mash. It just like put calories in, squish it all together. So what? Because it's like all the all the recipes Leave like lunch. they have like very specific recipes. Like I ate a. Wheat free bread jam sandwich. It's like that is an extremely high level of like the fact that it's not like oh like someone why coded is there that. why is there wheat free bread and, <laughs> and like this specific like, a cucumber sandwich is different than jam sandwich. It's like you could extract you could like simplify that down to sandwich and it gives you ten percent less food benefit in exchange for uh hundred percent less mental complexity to deal with, and then later, once you're a, a god tier, you're just like uh, you—you—you've you burned the mouse and you—you you are you're coding an Emacs and like just just <laughs> your fingers are flying across the screen uh, or, or, or across the keyboard. Then you get into your uh, your wheat-free jam sandwiches uh, and you compare the the literal like you ah oh, I gotta get more calcium in my diet from the milk in this fridge.
0: Colin Emacs is a rogue light. This is a roguelike podcast, ah. so we can only talk about them here.
1: I don't actually know <laughs> hey. what Emacs is.
0: Nobody does that it's
1: programming stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the game, uh like aesthetically is like very simple and it's very, you know, uh, you know, systems driven, which is like there's something to be said for that. Like there's not like a bunch of needless fluff, like everything means something. Um and like it's very like tangible and like trackable and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about how oh you could feed that information to chat gpt um <clears throat> the way i've thought about it with like these really simple looking but very sophisticated behind the scene games is that like there's this bargain being struck it's like you're giving up usability and you're giving up pretty graphics to have these cool, complicated systems that can interact with each other and produce like unique and interesting and engaging situations. And that is what has always enchanted me about Dwarf Fortress. And I'm just like spitballing here, but like every other thing that I'd read about Dwarf Fortress would be like, Oh uh, yeah, I was playing in my fortress and I invited like uh, a group of uh, visitors from uh, a neighboring fortress. And during this um the summit we were having in the in the mead hall a, a goat broke in and started an argument and started a fight and that caused uh the relations between the two fortresses to go south which culminated in a war which resulted in me having to like break open a lava dam to like kill the invaders <laughs> and then uh, that ended with, like, my dwarves uh, just, you know, uh, of their own accord, uh, erecting a statue to, uh, g- you know, glorify the, the person who broke down the dam. No, whatever. no, they, they erected it to the goat. They erected it to the goat. Yeah, like, cool shit like that. And so I was I was hoping that there was similarly cool stories to be told in this game. So I went looking for them. And they're all... The ones that I was able to find were like old stories. So maybe the game's way better now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they're all very similar to your story, Colin, where it's like, here is a story about how I got killed by something. And when <laughs> like, you break it down into its simplest parts, these stories aren't that interesting. It's like, I went to X location, X enemy attacked me, and I died in X way. And like, it's, it's a lot of stories of like, of of those sorts of situations, and I was reading one thread where it's like, all right, now we're cooking. Now we're now we're in a situation. This guy's talking about how he has this base, and this person has this base set up, and a Jabberwocky monster, which is this horrible like gibbering mouther, like the thing monster, breaks in. And he has to, and he, so he, he escapes and it's basically he has to work on getting back his fort. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Are there going to be some, like some neat, like home alone style, <laughs> like, sophisticated traps or something where he's going to come up with some really clever, cool. Cause again, we got all these like detailed systems that hopefully should be interacting and hopefully should be resulting in like cool stuff. Uh, is he going to have to do something neat like that MacGyver it and, and get this monster out? No. Uh, he ends up just like sort of, uh, 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 aggroing the monster and guiding it outside. I'm like, all right, cool. He's got a plan, something's going on. What's the plan? He jumps in his car and, and drives away and he just baits <laughs> the monster away. And then, he, in the third the story, he's like, and then I came up with this idea, or then I had an idea. And I was like, all right, sweet. He's gonna activate the like James Bond, like, you know, the features of his car and turn around and like do something cool, put down on oil, like light it on fire. I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, again, this is the kind of things that you could have if you've got a GM running a post apocalyptic game for you, anyway. Uh, nope, that's not what happens. His grand plan is just to do a 180 and, and drive away, and the monster then stopped chasing him. And It was like, What, where are the cool stories? What is it? What is what are we doing all this for? What are we hurting our, our faces against the keyboard for and learning all these systems, all these rules, just so we can get killed in like kind of unique ways? A lot of these stories that I read about cool stuff happening, I felt like could be accomplished with a game of, you know, just, just like, just, just, just an improv game. I don't, mm. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting you would, all, I'm getting yeah, all you would, uh, worked up. Where, where are my lava dams? <laughs> I
0: was, I was thinking that like, if he was going to turn the car around and run over the monster with his car. That would have been more interesting. <laughs> in a very like horror movie style comedy factor. But yeah, like you would think a game that has like, um like something, I think there's like, uh yeah, you have like, Skynet, you have the Combine, and you have the Blob all in the same game. Where is... Like, I never encountered any of this. Like, I never encountered, like, any, any hint that, like, any of this cool stuff was in here.
3: Get a human-sized dragon... or child-sized dragonfly
0: attack you? I mean... And I, I did my damnedest, and Colin and Andrew will attest to this, to swing my acoustic guitar at it, but I was, I was just not... Not skilled enough, and you'd think you'd be able to hit a child-sized dragonfly with an acoustic guitar pretty easy, but uh, I guess I didn't have uh, my MP3 player charged up enough to give me enough of morale boost to swing in its direction to intercept. But uh, but yeah, it it, uh, it tore me to pieces.
1: And you had that was the, in the, the game where we started it on easy mode, right?
0: Yeah, that was like the easiest difficulty level in the smallest world, and my tutor was uh, was saying like. If you can get in the evacue scenario, and we haven't really talked about the scenarios, but there's a whole bunch of them. Evacue scenario, the easiest one, if you can get from there to the refugee shelter, which is like, I don't know, like 25 to 30 minutes of gameplay, that's like an intermediate level of of skill. And I'm like, okay, that like that doesn't sound too hard on like the easiest mode. Bam, dead, bam, dead, bam, dead. I'm like like it's just it doesn't feel like it has that hook of, like, oh, I died. Oh, that's I died because of this factor I didn't account for. Ha ha. Right. I'm going to account for it again this time. It just feels like I have no control over the over you me it. appears on your screen. It's faster than you. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I feel
1: like, yeah, Will, you talk about making just dis- like the fun comes from making interesting decisions. I feel like the decision was don't have
0: that thing be near you <laughs> roll the dice better yeah
3: don't,
1: yeah i mean
0: that's that, honestly that like some you. of the gameplay
3: i was watching <laughs> was like is like
0: Yep, he has
3: to get on top of this roof. And there's like every single time he gets off of a roof, there's like a you roll a dice about whether or not you break your leg when you get down. He's like, you, you there's no other way to get through this scenario. You just have to get on the roof and like, all right, are we going to restart the game now? Let's find out. Oh, drop down. Oh, broke
2: my leg. There's, Ed, no, ropes? No, <laughs> there's no ropes in this rich simulation. Well, I mean, he, like, he
3: just like, just like he had some specific goal. It's like, on oh, am very same gotcha. difficulty or something. But like, I see, I see I thousands see. of hours with this player. And I'm just like, I'm trying to watch the pro. Like, yeah. you get a sense, and, like... <laughs> you gotta leave
2: it up to just a random dice yeah. roll. I hope I don't break my legs.
3: Right, and 90% of the game was like, well, do I take do I take the dice roll to go on top of the roof this route, or do I run this way and see if I... I think I get... Let's see, if he's gonna run at this speed and I'm right here, am I gonna calculate it so that he won't grab me? What's the probability for me grabbing me? It's just, like... Yeah, that is a little bit, uh... I mean, to some extent, I get it, because, like, tactical, like, sort of decision-making is super... It can be super fun, but... um there has to be the decision to make in order for it to be
1: fun decision making. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the decisions were not usually by the time I was making decisions, it was already too late because the
3: decision was They're like, too close, how yeah.
1: hard do I fight before I run away and I'll die either way.
3: Should we get to ratings? I feel like how, how long, how, how, yeah. how, how far uh, are we in here?
0: I think, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely in the rating zone now. Um, Maybe I'll go first. I think I probably have the most negative things to say about this, uh, despite, like, I, I I tried so hard, so, so hard to jump into this and be like, okay, we even have, like, an extra month because we failed to do our homework last time. I'm gonna, like, jump in. I'm gonna try all the different launchers and stuff. And it's just, like, every time I felt like I was hitting a brick wall of enthusiasm of, like, yeah, the character creation menu's fun, but, like, you know there's like a million other games that have better character creation stuff in it if i just want to play paper doll mode all day um the like the menu system we've joked about a lot but like it's it's not even just like what's displayed in it. it's like how you get to it is like doesn't make any sense to me without having like mult like like a nasa style screen of like monitors each with like different wiki pages up like, okay what's What's the hotkey that I need in order to put a left shoe on versus my right shoe? Just is like bafflingly complex for no reason. Uh, the Steam release, I understand the the need for the developers to have like an official presence on Steam. I don't have a problem with that, but the price is like way too high for what this game is. Uh, Tales of Majaal, a uh, Stay Tuned and a Half for sure, uh, kind of similar design... Uh, background as Cataclysm uh, but that game is $5 on Steam and it like it it, it kind of doesn't compute for me of like well why is one of like the other game four times more expensive for like a tenth as much fun Um, I'm particularly biased against zombie survival games I don't think the genre is very interesting uh, I think this game suffers from walking dead-itis of like there's no goal and that's the whole point uh and it's a game about nothing.
2: <laughs> what's the, uh, what's deal the deal with deal? Cataclysm: Dark Days Ahead. <laughs> I mean, are we talking about is it overcast? Why is it so dark outside? Hey, get a get a lighter, get a flashlight. <laughs> uh
0: but I will say, I'll say some good stuff here. Um being able to zoom in and out is an underrated <laughs> aspect oh, <God. laughs> for this game. Uh oh. the character creation options are are uh many and are interesting enough to like pick and choose like oh yeah maybe maybe i am allergic to vegetables and i i hate them and i am only meat eating and i have cybernetic rollerblades okay sure um i think the background lore of the game is super cool but like let me engage with that more like i want to be able to build like more more easily build up a compound of npcs and like have like the humans wage war against like the combine equivalent of this game. That sounds cool. I want to do something like that. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, like when you equip stuff, your your character sprite changes visually. That's like something that we've com- like kind of complained about other games. Uh, probably no easy feat in this game with how much clothing options there are. Um, And that's where
3: 10,000 developers were working on that.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it probably seems like it. Uh, And I I like the scenario starts in this game. I like the fact that like, oh, you can choose like,
2: oh, yeah, definitely. I
0: was a helicopter pilot and uh, I ran out of fuel and had to land on a bridge and I got to go go to the airport to get fuel and bring it back for my helicopter. Like that sounds like an interesting goal to achieve if I just didn't get eaten by a blob five minutes into gameplay. Um, So for me. This game, I had this game, like, rated as high as, like, 26 out of 33 on my list, and I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, like, after that stream yesterday, I was like, no, this has solidified my position as my second lowest game on my list, just ahead of Realm of the Mad God, and just behind a valley without wind. This game was, like, like, actively, physically unpleasant for me to play, because, like, I, 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 Commend and I applaud the content that people produce out of this. I think this that's much more interesting than playing the game. Go and watch those videos. Go and like download 10 hours of Rykon roleplay videos of him doing like a nuclear facility escape sequence. Like that's cool to listen to when you're on your drive. Like invest your time in that. Like for me personally, I don't want to invest any time more into learning the systems of this game at all. So for me, 32 out of 33... Uh, that's where it's gonna land. Rock uh, and roll. I'm getting pointed that here. I guess. Uh, uh I guess, Yeah,
3: I'll, I'll jump in. Um, let's see here. Uh, where do I place it? I um, 33 out of
0: 33.
3: No, 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 no. I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna give it a better rating. I don't. I, I, I the way I'm kind of ranking this one is looking at like the other games on my list here and like kind of feeling like what where what which would i really prefer to play here and it's it doesn't make it too high up on the list um but like I, like compared to brotato we get brotato's got a 4.5 here i got to say i think i would rather play this game than brotato um and i i know you're you're giving me the oh you yeah, know you know this is a crazy decision uh, uh, but um there's just so much i i feel like and i know i talked about this before the podcast but like it's one of those things where i feel like if i was locked in a room and I had to just play a game forever. I think eventually once you go up that wall of complexity, I think there is some like real fun to be had here. I think that once you get up that wall, this probably, this game is probably like a seven out of 10, but I'm not up that wall. Um, And so uh, in reality, it's probably even lower than what I'm going to give it. I'm giving it this rating with the expectation that if I was to climb some way up the wall, that it gets better. And I'm kind of taking the average of these. I think right now I give the game a three out of 10. If I was going to say like, what do you, I mean, like right now, how do you feel? Oh God, no, I just, I really don't want to even think about learning the menu systems and like all the minutia of the threads and the short threads and the long. No, it's a three out of 10. But to try to split the difference here, I'm going to give it a five. I think that uh, it's. I'm giving it a five out of ten, which makes it my 17 out of out of 30, however many uh, 32 um games we've rated, or uh 32 for me, anyways. I know I skipped I wasn't here for the last time, but uh,
2: perhaps uh, uh this is not the, the space for, for uh for discussion and debate. Uh but if I'm not mistaken, five is the minimum Rating no no six is for recommend now. Oh, six. so oh, excuse me Whew, <laughs> yeah right. yeah no no I know I, I know I know I can't recommend this game <laughs> I had mistake, to mistake. it had to
3: be below that threshold <laughs> okay. like, uh, <laughs> but i like
2: understood understood right on uh, well uh, so Almost. quick addendum the the story that I I just told uh, a little while back about out driving away and and outrunning a uh, a Jabberwocky it did start with a NPC sneaking into this person's base and stealing something and then the and then the the jabberwocky was sort of let in as a result of that that's interesting like the game needs sort of like more of that these complicated mm-hmm. in-depth um simulation systems like interacting and uh interesting Mer- emergent, emergent gameplay. gameplay emergent gameplay yes yes so i think that perhaps i feel like maybe this game is uh What has been built so far? These simulation systems could be taken and 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 made into something really amazing. Potentially, it is it is not amazing for me. Um, I feel like most of the sort of like victories and triumphs and achievements in this game, at least at the level that I was playing it, was did I successfully survive the day? Did I successfully eat food? sleep on a cold bench get woken up by the npc person who was in the building like fighting a zombie uh, you hear gunshots would you like to continue sleeping yes um <laughs> you know did you and, and these sorts of achievements I, the way i see it is it is hard enough surviving in the dark days that we're currently living in for a lot of america (laughs) and but at least when you like deal with all the baloney all the be all the the bullshit that you got to deal with in real life um there's at least the possibility that somebody cute you know likes you on tinder or you you meet someone interesting or you have a cool social interaction that's not gonna happen probably in cataclysm dark days ahead uh I think that uh, IRL is is enough of a survival simulator for me at least at the at the moment. Um you I too Star- looked Don't at my Starve? list.
3: Hmm? I mean you and you love Don't Starve and like and that whole survival dynamic, I mean that's a
2: that's a like you're in someone's nightmare essentially. Oh, well this is this is an interesting interesting question. I guess I haven't played Don't Starve in a long time, but you know, it's accessible, it's whimsical, I can kind of like make a goals for myself, and there is sort of a tech tree of sorts that you get to follow. I guess they're cute beefalo, right? Okay, never mind. I, I take think it back, the, you know are yeah. the cutesy like differences, I guess for me. That's an interesting question. And it's possibly, you know, possible that you know don't starve might be a stay tuned as well. But uh, it's an interesting point. Uh that's uh yeah, don't starve, I guess I found fun. And unfortunately, um uh, Cataclysm I I did not find to be fun uh, and I so I looked through my list and I was like hey what games would I rather play more than this uh, I bel- I'm sorry to say that I I think I would like to play Brotato more than <laughs> Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead so <laughs> it goes at the bottom of my list um, again I salute the the proud 1,100 devs Keep it up. And hopefully this will turn into something glorious and even enjoyable to a pleb such as myself.
1: All right. And I'll take us home. Uh, I right now have it ranked as 17 out of, no, that's Will. I have it 25 <laughs> out of 33. Um, yeah. I feel like that's about the right spot. I, I, I feel like I'm in very much the same kind of mindset as Will, where I'm, I'm ranking it at least a little bit on the like where I imagine climbing to. Um, I had a couple of moments of like satisfaction. I won't necessarily call them fun, but like the 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 thrill of uh conquering something, of of a of of, of managing to figure out how to get something done did feel like it was a an, an accomplishment um you know I like murdered zombies I got into the house I successfully fed myself I clothed myself like I got a little house thing uh I got some some food from the ground like it felt much more like a true achievement than Almost all of the other, like, survival crafting games where it's like, go punch tree, food falls from sky, super <laughs> easy. Like, uh, when uh, we played, uh, what was that stupid game we played recently, Will? With the one with the, the like, mines and the worms that spit acid at us and, and whatnot.
3: Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, what was that game? We Oh, it was uh, uh, Icarus, that's right. Yeah, Icarus. So uh,
1: another survival crafting game where we're like, Oh, this is boring. It's too easy. Like, we have too much food. Like, it's literally overflowing our chests with like meats that we, because there's just animals running everywhere, g- easy, like auto headshots for you. Like, surviving in this game felt like an accomplishment. And I wish that it felt like an accomplishment because of the gameplay and not because of like, managing to like fight against the game like i wanted to be able to fight with the game against the things <laughs> in it not against the game and the things in it so uh stay tuned for when uh chat GPT consumes this game and spits it out as a uh interactive role play whatever whatever
0: you know i'm pretty sure that that might be the origin story for the balthazar ai system that yeah. exists <laughs> in Cataclysm. That's probably what's going to cause the cataclysm. So also, Steve. it has no music. Yeah, there's no music or sound effects in the base game. Yeah. If you find, uh, if you find one of the myriad of launchers that works, I think the one that I've been recommended to is the is the catapult. If you just search CDDA catapult launcher, that I one don't I think want is... to have
1: to do that. Yeah, I don't I know, want I to know. have to play like this. I want to be able to just load a game up and be able to play it without having to utilize like five hours of external resources to be able to play the game.
3: You've never modded Skyrim in my decade, or Fallout.
1: I have, but you can play Skyrim without modding it.
3: Is it's it really worse. playing? It's right.
1: worse, but Is it you worth can it? do it. <laughs> like, I don't, have to, I don't have to mod music into Skyrim
0: can you mod in a, uh, an alert that says there's a, a dragon nearby safe mode is on press, uh, press exclamation mark to turn off. I don't press, know, you uh, can,
1: you can transform the dragons into Thomas, the tank engine.
2: You know, I wish that, uh, that feature had been in, um, the, uh, the fan made aliens franchise roguelike that I played uh, way back. Um, <laughs> because I, I did get killed a number of many times just by, I was moving and didn't realize that, oh no, an ASCII art alien had popped out and was, <laughs> was eating me. But oh gosh, was that aggravating to have to deal with. <laughs> like, I know you can turn off the safe mode, but the game is kind of designed with that like in mind. And especially when you're first starting out, it's like you you want it on, but like, gosh, what a, just turned combat into such a
0: painful experience. I can understand what it warns you of serious threats like Canadian geese. But yeah, when when you're running into extra dimensional monsters, you're like, yeah, I got it. um all right, let's let's quickly touch on our on some similar games to this. There's some more, I think accessible open world rogue style zombie survival games that I don't think I would touch with the 10 foot pole, but maybe more of like an intro to this game that people might find more interesting uh to start with as, as a, a gateway drug. There's Terminus Zombie Survival, which I think might have all of the quality of life improvements that we've been complaining about. Um, and then a game called Project Zomboid. I think those kind of fill in oh, yeah, specific zombie-related ones. Uh, and then there's our big list of of specific sandbox-style make-your-own-fun rogue games, uh, including, but not limited to, Dwarf Fortresses adventure mode specifically. Caves of Cut, I'm going to loop into that that category um ironically unreal world where you are a bronze age uh um yeah. scandinavian survivalist probably more accurate than this game in terms of uh like having to rebuild or like live without society uh and then you have your uh your downtown portland uh survival simulator neo scavenger uh which follows a similar vein of having to to Shank junkies for for bottles of of water to survive. So, um give those a look. See if those tickle your fancy. And if you're like, you know what, I need more complexity, Cataclysm might be might be right up your your alley. There. I'm
1: looking at Project Zomboid right now, and it open world isometric.
0: Yeah, it's it's it is this game, but but better. I
3: played it and it, it didn't really capture my attention. Isometric, but Ooh. It's uh, I think much much better.
2: I agree with Will. I played a little bit of Project Zomboid way back when it was like yeah. fresh and even then it felt more like I'm talking like one 10 years ago. Uh more complete more
0: more it felt more like a game. <laughs> well, congrats comrades. Uh that was uh that was 33 games that we we have reviewed over the past year uh having to escape from this uh Chernobyl like episode. Uh, you've performed your duties perfectly. I wish you good health and long life. All of you will be awarded a bonus of 800 rubles for your service. Uh, our next episode is our one-year anniversary episode. Hooray! Um, we did it! We're officially, I guess, uh-huh. a podcast now. Uh, and to celebrate, uh, what, what better thing to do than to argue about stuff that doesn't actually matter in the universe? Uh, what is the definition of a roguelike game? Uh, we've we've done this podcast for a year. We've talked about all sorts of games, from whatever this is to uh, Luck Be a Landlord and everything in between. So uh, there's there's a lot of consternation, and how do we how do we conflate all these different games that may or may not belong in this in this genre? So. Uh, tune in for our next episode. Where we we will be the first people. We're gonna do it. We're gonna be the first ones to actually define what the genre is, and then no one can complain about it ever again. So we're gonna we're gonna actually solve the problem uh, in our next episode. Believe it or not. Uh, and if you listener, dear listener, would like to write into the show and provide your input as to what you think a roguelike game is and where you think the genre is going. Uh, you can write into the show at grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh you can send your abusive messages to us on Mastodon with all the others, grogpod at gamedev.place. And you can check out all of our rankings and data and deliberations of things on the website at grogpod.zone. Uh yeah, I think that's that's gonna that's gonna wrap our our Episode here, uh, assuming, of course, that we're not also a simulation living within some other higher being's computer that is navigating a series of menu systems that is making <laughs> me say all this. Uh, but yeah, tune into our next next episode. Uh, we're gonna fight club it out about what is a roguelike. What is it? What is it? We've. Well, I don't know what it is. You know. What's the deal? Me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I guess, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up this episode, but, uh, to play us out, uh, if you happen to find the ambient soundscapes for this game, one of the myriad of packages, uh, this is the ambient soundscape of you waking up in a post-apocalyptic nightmare of menu systems that you can't vim your way out of. We'll see you next time.